Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and I'm excited to share this class with my friend Lizzie today. And yeah, so this class is really personal and awesome. And I'm really excited about it because there, this is our whole life, is walking with God. Um, and I think that we have, you know, a culture and we try to really, you know, have your quiet time every day. You know the word quiet time. Um, but has anybody ever felt like I need more than just that? <laughs> um, has anybody ever felt like, man, my quiet times are boring? I mean, they're just like, I don't get anything out of it. Like, I mean, you could be honest, I feel that way. I'm like, cool, you know, that was great. Um, but I feel like it wants so much more than just a 20-minute quiet time in the morning or just a church service or an emotional prayer. But actually, we really get to walk with him. Um, and so I do want to hear a couple responses of, like, why are you wanting to come to this class? Like, what about personally for you made you want to come to this class today? Tessa. with us than anything else and um, and that we can just really walk with you um, and not just have it be a duty God but we love you so much and we pray these things in you sing amen okay um, okay so you know I think I wrote some things down even for myself like um, you know I can feel stuck sometime in a relationship with God like one week it's like inspiring, like I'm telling everyone, this is what I'm learning. And then the next week, people are like, what are you learning? And I'm like, nothing. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. What are you learning? Like, and it can just feel so, you know, I can feel stuck. I can feel distracted with things going on around life. Um, I can feel really apathetic. 
feel like it just takes a lot of work to go deeper. I don't know if you feel that way, but sometimes I'm like, I know there's a lot going on in my heart, but I don't, like that takes a lot of work. I know I'm gonna have to sit, I know I'm gonna have to deal with it, I know I'm gonna have to talk about it, and I don't know if I really wanna go there, you know, let's just sweep that under the rug. Um, but you know, I think sometimes it's hard to emotionally connect, you know? Sometimes it's hard to feel close to God when you don't feel close to God, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, it's like the knowledge of, like, yeah, God's here, but do I feel it? Not as much as we can base it off our emotions. Um, I think that, for me, walking with God is the most rewarding gift on earth, is to walk with God. But it takes a lot of practice, and it takes a lot of intentionality. Yeah. Um, I think that my relationship with God has been like this, and it's been like this, and it's, you know, it's just been ups and downs and all over, and, but it has been a walk, and I've had to really learn to not make it a checklist or something that I'm just, just you know, in desperation when you're about to fail that test, or, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know what to say, or I'm about to go this hard conversation, you're just desperate. I've had to learn, like, how do you make this a daily um, walk with God. Um, you know, it's been amazing, exciting, alive. I've been numb. I've been apathetic. I've been broken. I've been ashamed. I've been fighting for repentance. Um, I think my biggest goal today is to help you learn that God, our walks with God, it's not about perfection. So everything I, we're going to talk about today, I don't want you to leave feeling like, to do this on Monday, or <laughs> it's all downhill from here. It's not about perfection. It's about a wholehearted relationship. Mm-hmm. It's about always showing up. That's kind of always my thing when I talk. Are you showing up to God? Mm-hmm. It's not always perfect. You're yeah. gonna mess up, but are you showing up? Um, and if you have a notebook, if you have your phone out or something, I want you to write down all of the areas in your life. Okay, like think of as many as you can. These are what I wrote down. I wrote down my marriage. I wrote down my friendships. I wrote down my family. I wrote down my schedule or my time. Um, Ministry. I have a part-time job. Um, I have friends that I'm reaching out to. Um, I have money, finances. I'm also in some online classes for school, so there's that. Um, I wrote down my dog. I wrote down my trips places, my vacation. So I wish you could like take a minute and like jot down all these areas of your life. We'll come back to it, but I think it's like kind of eye-opening when you look at all of the areas of your life and think about, okay, what part of like what that I wrote down is not like is God not in? Does that make sense? Like, okay, God is in ministry and church and my friendships and maybe my boyfriend, but is he in school? Is he in my family when I go home for the weekend? Is he, like, is he in this certain part? And it's just interesting to look at. Um, but let's turn over to 2 Samuel 5, as you're writing it down. And this is, like, going to be the shortest story ever, but it really spoke to me, so. Um, and what I want to really encourage you to do is I'm going to take out snippets of the life of David, but I really want to encourage you to go home and study out the life of David and how he walked with God. Um, because he, you see all, we're going to get into it, you just see it all. And so it's so encouraging to go and read people who walked with God in the Bible, because you realize, wow, they were not perfect either. And they had struggles, and they had sin, and they had high moments and everything in between. And when you realize, like, but those are people we look up to, it becomes a lot more real for us. Like, wow, I can do this. I'm not just, like, a spiritual idiot. Like, I can do this. I can actually walk with God. Um, But in 2 Samuel 5, we're going to start in verse 17. And um, this is David is king. And um, he's doing really well. He's walking with God. He's in favor of the people. And this is what it says. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, 
Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of this place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again, and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David and when David inquired of the Lord again, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to the rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. Okay, so you really might be thinking, what does this story have to do with anything? Because, <coughs> but here's what I really want to talk about in my part of the lesson is what I think is really cool. What stands out to me is that David, like, what I see here is David is this king, and he's going up against this battle, and this is, like, a tough situation, and I just, like, can't even imagine, like, if their enemies are coming towards him, it says he, he draws away, and he goes and he inquires of the Lord. And what I think is really cool is, like, he stops everything. And he goes and he inquires of God. And what I see there is a relationship. I see a partnership. That David wasn't like, okay, this is my thing, and I'm going to figure it out. He says, this is, this is not my thing. Let me stop. Take a moment and inquire of the Lord. And when I read this, I was like, whoa. How much do I inquire of the Lord in the middle of my day? Like, just think about it. How many things just pop up in the middle of your day that you're just like, whoa, I don't know how to handle this. You know, like, whether in a class or in the car or with family or friendships or in a Bible study or wherever you are where you're just like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. And it... And it seems so silly, but it's like, do we stop and just inquire of God? Mm. God, what do you think about this? Yeah. God, what should my heart be in this situation? God, what do you, what do you think I should do here? God, I, I'm not sure about this. What do you think? Will you do this for me if I put step on in faith? Does that make sense? Like, how? Like, I just really ask myself, like, okay, because I do pray every morning, and I pray in the car, but throughout my whole day, do I pause? And inquire of God. And, um, you know, I, it's funny because I just think that we're so on the go. At least I am. I don't know about you. But I'm like always going, right? There's always something I got to do. And this is how embarrassing it is for me. Like how like impatient and like fast I am. I went to Kroger the other day. And I was like running errands like crazy. I'm like in and out of every store. I'm like trying to get ready for this retreat actually. And I run into Kroger and I grab whatever, the breakfast or something. And I come back out and my door is like wide open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got robbed. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like walking to my car like, oh my gosh, someone's like, what do I do? And I'm like, I left my car door open. Like, no one robbed me. I just got out of my car and kept walking. I didn't even close my door. And I'm so like getting in my car and I'm like closing and I literally feel like everyone's staring at me. And I'm just like driving away like that was the stupidest thing. <laughs> you know, but in that moment I was like, okay, listen, you need to slow down. Like you need to halt. You need to pause because you're getting crazy. Like that is just like no one I don't know of anybody who's ever done that in the history of life. Like that is just the silliest thing. But I was like, wow, I'm so into my life, into my world, I can't even stop for five seconds to close a door. So how like how much do I really stop for God to care about his opinion? But what I see with David is that he there was this partnership there, there was a relationship, there was a conversation, um, there was a patience. I think, you know, it would have been easy for David to just be like, all right, let's go, you know. He had wisdom. God had already, you know, chosen him. He wasn't like just some crazy person. God had chosen him. He knew what he was doing. But he had the patience and the humility to stop before God. And I think what's actually really cool about this also is that what you can tell is that he cared more about what God thought than his, like, own gut instinct or what other people thought. 
And that's a really good question to ask yourself. Do I care more about what God thinks about me and even my decisions and how I live my life and what he wants for my life than I care about my own or other people? Because I don't think it's natural for us to feel that way. I don't think it's natural for anyone to care more about God than what God thinks about us than either people or ourselves. We're either naturally dependent on ourselves, um, we're naturally either dependent on ourselves or on people. Like, everyone leans one way or the other. Like, you really want people's attention or you really want to prove it to yourself. And, and so it's like, it's not natural. So what is it for you? Like, do you care about what God thinks about your life? Like, do you, is his opinion more valuable in your sight than people or what you think? For me, I don't necessarily totally care what people think about me. But I care a lot about what I think about me and what I think is right and how I want to live my life and what looks good for me and what what clothes I want to wear and what store I want to go to and how I want to do my hair and how I want to spend my money. Like, that's really important to me. But when I stop and think about it, I'm like, wow, have I asked God about how he wants me to spend his money? Because this isn't my money. How he wants me to dress, how he wants me to deal with this situation, how he wants me to forgive this person, about how he wants me to be in this situation. Does that make sense? Like, for me, and some people, you know, it's the other way. Like, we can get really caught up in, like, okay, what it, like, how do they want me to look? How do they, like, it's important for them to, for me to be this way, but if you want to walk with God, you have, like, you have to care about what he cares about. You have to care about his opinion about your life. Because you can't be so independent that you have your party time in the morning and then live the rest of your life. Yeah. Because then it just becomes a duty, and that's not a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, in my marriage, if we just talked in the morning and then lived the rest of our lives the rest of the week, but we're like, well, cool, right? Yeah, okay. See so, ya. Yeah, but we never talked about, like, the things, okay, but, you know, what are we going to do about our house and our job and our finances? And what do you want to do? Like, we care about what we think it's a partnership but sometimes with god we can feel like okay i prayed and now he didn't answer quick enough so let me just go live my life like we don't have that patience to just stop and really ask god and inquire of him and so maybe that's not what you were thinking about really walking with god but for me that's like a game changer like wow do i really really care about what god thinks about me yeah. Because if you change your mindset, then the rest of your day you're going to be walking with God. Because then you're coming to a situation and you're like, oh, what would God, what would God think about this? What would God want me to act, how to act in that situation? You know, I'm not like always the most joyful or friendly or loving person in the world. And so when I'm in relationships, I, have to, I, can, I would rather be more like, blunt or harsh, and I have to really sit there and think, like, but how would God actually want me to handle this situation with my friend? Probably more gentle and gracious, but if I'm doing it naturally how I think I want, then it's going to go differently. And so really having that mindset change of, okay, how, like, am I inquiring of God and what he thinks? Because I think sometimes we can have, like, really wimpy prayers. <laughs> like, we can be like, God, please encourage me today, and encourage my sisters and help me have a good day and help me really be able to just do well on this test and it's like okay but what about really asking God God like show me what you want me to grow in show me how to handle the situation with this sister that I do not know how to do it God please teach me how to be a better student God you know I'm struggling with this can you show me what, what's the right way to go about this? You know, I'm thinking this way, but I know your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So can you help me with this? I'm feeling a little lonely. I would like some encouragement, but can you help me show me how to encourage somebody else? Do you see the difference in that? Like, sometimes we're so like, oh, like, I'll pray all these nice things, and then hopefully God will change my life. But we need to, like, pray like we, he's our partner. Yeah. Like, God, we're in this together. It's not you up there and me down there. Like, if you want to walk with God, you got to trust him with every step. Mm-hmm. Not just a few steps down the road and then you'll take it from there. Every step you got to walk with him. The second part of this passage, um, he says, 
Um, David, the same thing happens to him again, right? So the Philistines attack him, and he inquires of God, and God tells him exactly what to do, right? He's like, yes, you should attack them, right? So what was really interesting to me about this is that David has experience with this, with the Philistines and with this battle, right? He has experience. But the same things happens again. Instead of just relying on his experience, oh, I know how to do that. I got his idea to me. I know how to do that. He goes back, he pauses, and he inquires of God again. And what's so interesting is that God actually led him in a different direction, right? He said, no, I don't want you to, actually. But, like, if he would have gone on his own experience, what he knew, like, you guys are smart women. I'm pretty sure all of you are. And you, you're here, and you're learning a lot, and you have people in your lives that are helping you. And so I'm sure you have some experiences under your belt where you have victories. And that you know, like, that you guys all have talents and different things, but... Wow, are you, like, that was so challenging for me. Because I think there's some things I pray about that I'm really desperate about. But, like, you know, this is, I've done so many lessons before. And I could have not prayed about it on it because I've done so many before. But then that would have been terrible. Because I continually need to inquire of the Lord. Because I don't know what direction he's going to teach. Even if he's already sent me there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, sometimes. God studies, like, I, I don't need to pray about it. I've done a million Bible studies, and I still need to inquire of God. Yeah. Because every person is different that I interact with. And every person has a different journey. So even in my friendships, yeah, maybe me and one friend have a great relationship. So I can be like, oh, well, I'm a good friend. But then there's this other sister that I need to inquire. God, like, how do I love her? And I think that's so profound to me because we can get in the habit of like, oh, I know best in this area. Maybe you're a really, really good student. And so that's why you don't give God that part of your life because you already have to take care of. You're like, I know how to study for tests. I know how to do my homework. I know how to get this done. So I'll pray about other things. But, but I don't need to pray about that one. God is like, wait a second. I want to walk with you even through the things that you're doing well in. Even through the schoolwork that you are excelling in. Because if you aren't inquiring of it, it becomes about yourself and your talents and not about what God can do for you. Right. And so I think that even in our experiences and the things that we're good at, are we ask, or do we care enough to give God control of that part of our life? Um, um, you guys with me? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I think that, you know, and I want to... We're not going to read a ton, but again, I want you to go back and really study out David's life. That's what I'm doing. I want to continue to do, but a few chapters, the next couple of chapters um, of 2 Samuel, David messes up big time. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read it, he messes up. He, you know, he falls into a lot of sin, and it, it is not good. It literally messes up a lot of things. And he falls into a lot of sin, right? And I think that um, part of walking with God is like, again, it's not about perfection. You're going to mess up. You're going to mess up a little bit, and you're going to mess up big time. Just That's just something we have to accept. Like, you are going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to lose it. You're going to just totally, whatever you want to call it, you're just going to flop. Because that's, we're human. That's how we are. But when you're walking with God, sometimes we make little mistakes or big sins or whatever it is in between. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can feel so ashamed. I don't want to go back to God. Yeah. But I'm like, mm, I know I was not supposed to do that. So, you know, it'll take me a week to really come around. Okay, let me just pray some wimpy prayers because then I'm praying and then I'll show up and I'll confess. But like, I really want to go back to God because I don't really want to hear it, maybe. Maybe you feel really ashamed, like, God will never accept me after what I just did. Mm-hmm. God will never love me because I was not putting him first. God, 
won't forgive me for this. God, uh, I don't know about this. This isn't going to work. But I think that I love this example, and that's why I'm telling you to read it, is, um, you know, 1 Samuel, I mean, 2 Samuel, he goes on, and then in 2 Samuel 12, you know, he messes up big time. 2 Samuel 12, Nathan um, comes, and he actually rebukes David on his sin. And he comes in, and he talks to him about his sin and confronts him on it. And I think what's really cool about this is that part of walking with God is walking with other people as well. That God put people in our lives to help us grow. But sometimes we want everything in our relationship with God to be so organic and natural. And like nothing in your life is organic and natural. Okay? If you want to be friends, you have to work hard at it. If you want a good relationship with a guy, you have to work hard at it. If you want a good grade in school, you have to work hard at it. Like it's just, but we we don't we don't put that expectation on God and think, oh, it should just be natural. We should just be so in love. But, like, I'm in love with my husband, and it is a lot of work. Like, it's not just always so. I don't wake up every morning like, wow, the birds are chirping. You're just the most of Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what? Like, what's happening? You know, it's, like, it's not always natural. Like, we have to work hard at it. It's not even we want our relationships to have gotten so organic. And that's just not, it's not realistic. We have to work hard at it. The fact puts people in our lives to help us. And sometimes we like to shoot the messenger. And what I think is really cool is that Nathan challenges David really hard, but David is humble enough to accept it. And he and he hears it not from Nathan, but from God. And I think that's really powerful. Is that sometimes we need to be praying in our lives about, okay, is God like speaking through this person? You know, there's times in my life when people have challenged me really hard recently and I've been like, hmm, you know, I'm not really feeling what you're saying. <laughs> I don't really like that. I don't think that I'm going to really take that to heart. And then I go back and pray about it and I'm like, well, God really used them to show me what's really in my heart. But I really want to get mad at that person because they just, you know, were just coming so, you know, they are just being mean and they were just being critical of me, but whatever. And wow. When I inquire of God, I'm like, it's really using people to shape my heart. And so that's what Nathan does, and he challenges him. And um, in Psalm 51, like one of the most famous psalms, that's, that's David coming back to God in his shame. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to go read that, because that's walking with God. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just that, oh, you know, he yeah. had a huge victory, and then he had a huge fail. Yeah. And that, that's life. But if you're willing to walk with God through the huge victories, then walking with God when there's when you've really blown it, it's gonna be so rewarding. I mean, when you think about David, and if you know much about him, he's like one of the most honored men. But he blew it. But he was walk. He came right back to God, and he said, "No, God, teach me how to be a pure man." And I think sometimes when we get challenged on things, we just want to be critical because we think it's from people. We don't realize this is God walking with us. God is putting people in our lives who walk with us. Um, and so there's a, um, in Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says, whoever isolates themselves seeks their own desire. And part of walking with God is you can't isolate yourself from people. Yeah. Because that's just seeking your own selfish desire. God intended us to walk with him and other people. That we have to be together, humble before one another as we're humble before God. So David really sets an example in humility and patience. Someone who's in partnership with God. And someone who um, yeah, really cares about what God thinks. I'm like totally running out of time. So I'm going to like through these next two things, all right? You guys with me? <laughs> uh, but I hope that's helpful. I hope you go back and you read his life and you think about your life and you think about how much do I include God in everything? How much do I inquire of him? And the next two scriptures, I want you to go back and read because this is going to help you understand what it means to even look like inquire of God. But in John 10, um, you can write it down 2 through 5. Thank you.
John 10, 2 through 5, it says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Um, I love this passage um, because, you know, Jesus is the shepherd and we're the sheep. And it says, each sheep has a name and is his own. If you want your walk to be special, you have to know that you have a name and you are his own. Like, you are special in, to God. Like, he knows your name and he, um, you are his own. And that's, like, that's an intimate thing. Like, he, he didn't have to say that he knew all the sheep's name. He could have just been like, come on, sheep, you know, just everyone follow me. But he knew each sheep, and all sheep looked the same, you know. But we all look very different. And so it's so cool because Jesus, he's saying, like, I know each and every one of you. And I'm going to walk with you very, very differently. The way I walk with Tessa is going to look very different from the way I walk with Madison. All the same standard. But I, I'm going to love you each the way that I know how to love you. Um, God's heart, his nature, is to communicate with us. He says that um, they know his voice. That's, that's God's nature. He wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Not, just, not just through this, but when you pause and you start quieting yourself, and you start practicing listening to God, he's going to speak to you. He's going to be like, no, no, no this way. No, no, no. We're not, we're not going to be prideful. Let's humble. You know? If you practice, it's practice. It takes practice. Yeah. You have to really stop and pause and be patient. But God's going to speak to you. He, that's his heart. That's his nature. To have intimate communication with you specifically. God speaks to me all the time. And it's typically about my pride. Because I am so prideful. And he's like, Alyssa, humble. Be humble. Like, thank you. Thanks for the suggestion, but <laughs> you understand. different than the way that you think. 
Are you willing to change that? Are you willing to love it? To fall? It's, you know, someone what recently was like, I think we're a little too legalistic about how much we read our Bibles. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And she said, you know, because in the Old Testament, they didn't have a copy of the Bible. And I said, huh, pretty sure they memorized it. Like, they literally memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not, we're not called to do that. So if you want to talk about what's really, like, important, I mean, this is a lifeline. Yeah. It's not about, oh, do your duty and read your Bible every day. It's about loving this thing and needing this thing more than anything else. He says, write it on your doorpost. Talk about it with your family. Tell your children. And I was trying to change it, but I really couldn't make it modern. But my try was like, tell your roommates every day. Talk about it with your roommates. Talk about it with your family. Put it on your lock screen. Read it before you get on social media. Read it before you go to bed at night. Think about it during the day. You know what I mean? Like, put it on your car. Patience in the car so you don't get mad in traffic. You know what I'm saying? Like, put it everywhere. You want to walk with God? He's giving you all the tools right here yeah. to follow it. The more that you read this and know it on your heart. Like, if I asked you your favorite scripture, would you have to turn to it? Or do you just know it? If I could ask you some scriptures on, like, what you struggle with it, do you have to turn to it? Or can you just say, no. I mean, for me, mine's short. Be completely humble. <laughs> okay, that is a scripture. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Love one another as yourself. Peace that surpasses understanding. I mean, can you rapid fire them? Because it's on your part. Prayer, full of prayers, really walking with God, and let the word be on your heart. Lizzie's going to come up and share. Sorry if I talked too long. No, it's great. No, guys, you can clap for Alyssa. That was amazing. Yeah, so hi, my name's Lizzie. Um, I help with the ministry at Kennesaw, so that's like in kind of near Atlanta, Georgia, sort of, not really, but that's what we say. Um, and so yeah, I feel super honored just to get some, just a few minutes here to talk. Um, I really want to share a lot of weaknesses and also a lot of scriptures. So if you guys are okay with some Bible, we're about to hop in here a little bit more. Um, and it's crazy, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit like, I can't even believe that I'm doing this class because Alyssa is actually one of the women who helped me become a Christian. And so it's really cool. You kind of just never know like where God is going to take your life. Um, and I mean, after Christina's story, I'm like, we have no idea. So, um, <laughs> amen. But I just have three points. I'm going to try to make them simple, try to condense them. If anyone actually knows me, I'm not very like a condensed person. So I'm going to really work on that for y'all right now. Um, <laughs> But if you want to flip over your Bible to Ephesians 1, and we're going to start in verse 18, my first point is, do you know who you're walking with? Um, and as we're turning there, I just want to be real with you guys. There are totally some days where I'm like, God, I think I want a different walking buddy. Like, I think I just, like, give me a boy, give me a best friend, give me someone else. Like, sometimes I can honestly feel that way, right? But I love for time's sake. Um, I love Paul's description of God right here. And so let's just really hone in. Okay. So he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us to believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he used when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that has ever been called, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow, that's amazing. And I think I just want to start with, like, do we realize that we get to have a walk with God? Like, this God that fills us with hope, fills us with all of his riches. Like, if you read through the book of Ephesians, it says, like, God's glorious riches, like, 15 times. I'm like, I don't even know what his glorious riches means. Like, what does that mean, you know? Like, I know it's not about money. You're like, what is that? But it's like, do we realize that we get to 
walk with God and all of his power? Like, do you walk with the power of God, like, right by your side? Or are you just kind of like, ah, he's kind of like my neighbor. We say, hey, or get the mail, met on that kind of thing, and we're done. Um, and so I actually want you guys to close your eyes for a second. Nothing weird. I'm just going to read this quote that I found. Um, I think that it says a lot about God's heart for each and every one of you. Um, okay, so it says, God created women for the enjoyment of walking of a walking relationship that involved companionship, dialogue, intimacy, joint decision making, mutual delight, and shared dominion. God longs to walk with you, which is why His arms of grace have been pulling you into a closer walk with Him from the beginning, whether you recognize it or not. You can open your eyes. Um, and I love that quote, thinking that God longs to walk with you, you know? Like, he desires to walk with you. He doesn't want to just spend 15 minutes at the beginning of every morning. He wants to walk through all of your days, right? And what I love is, honestly, hearing your story, like Christina's, I can feel a little bit insecure. Like, wait, my story is not crazy. I'm just a normal girl. I live in Kennesaw, Georgia. We don't really have much going on there, you know? But then to think, like, when I'm walking every day, God writes my story. Like, God allows me to walk with him, and he gets to write my story. And that's when my story becomes incredible, because it's with God, right? Um, and I just want you guys to write down Ephesians 2, verse 5. You guys probably know that. But it talks about that out of God's grace, we get the privilege of walking with him. We get to be saved, and we're pulled near by God's grace. And so are you using God's about your walk with God? Or are you just kind of, ah, I'll just God's grace around, I don't really care, you know, whatever, it's fine, it's just God's grace, right? Yeah. Is it just another thing you want to check off your list? Or is it something like, no, actually, I'm going to let God's grace have an effect in my life, and this is where it has to start. And guys, I think we just have to realize that walking with God is how you become alive in Christ. Like, the entire reason we're having this retreat, it's cool, yeah, maybe you remember the day you got baptized, I hope you do, if not, we have a different issue, but, um, like, remember that day, and how alive you felt, that's how we should feel every day, like, we, we have the opportunity to feel that every day, and trust me, do I feel that every day? Definitely not, but do I have the opportunity to? I do, and so, a lot of this is about choosing, right, and so, obviously, I know that you guys love God, because you're in this class, you're at this retreat, you took off work, said no to something, pay a lot of money, whatever, not a lot of money, but pay some money, you know, to get here. But do you love your relationship with God? I think loving God and loving your relationship with God are two very different things. I think it's very possible to love God, but not to love walking with Him. And that's really scary because I think that's where Satan really can creep in if we're not careful. Um... And yeah, kind of the final bit on this on this first point is Genesis 3.8. This is one of my favorite scriptures, actually. It says that um, God was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And I'm not like a hot weather person, so I'm like, cool of the day. What does that feel like? I love it, right? Even this morning, I was walking around, and I was like, this is, this is it. I love it. Um, <laughs> and um, I love this because it's like God doesn't only want to be your husband. He doesn't just want to bride in you. But he wants like a walking buddy, you know? Like he wants a partner that he can fight alongside of you with. He wants to be your hype man. Like he wants to be your squad. I don't know. He like wants to be everything for you. But are you letting God be more than just the big guy in the sky who punishes you when you do things that are wrong? Um, and just like Genesis, it starts with walking with God. Like we are made to walk with God. Um, and so Sometimes we got to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves because we make decisions, but God has made us to walk with Him. Like, He longs to walk with us. And so it's not, like, just about, like, how much can I struggle and wrestle. It's like, no, you're made for this. You, you got this. And I think it has to start with us believing that we can walk with God and that we have the hope that it can be incredible. Like, your walk with God can be the best part of your life, you know? Um... So my second point is, what about when the road is rocky? And so notice that I say, like, when the road is rocky, because it will get rocky. But kind of just for show of hands, 
who has like ever lost passion, gotten stuck, felt like I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah, and if you can't that up, I hate to break it to you, but you will feel that sometimes. So kind of like get ready a little bit. Um, yeah, I've, I actually yesterday was my four years walking with God, my birthday, if you will, um, and it's been a really incredible four years. Um, someone asked me to describe it in four words, which I hate those kind of things, but I did anyways. Um, the one of my words is like unex, unex, like unexplainable, but also like. I can't even expect what's coming next, shown by my last four years walking with God, right? Like, just some things to give you guys. Like, I was in a two-year relationship with a guy that I totally thought I was going to marry. You see, no ring. Yeah, we didn't get married. We actually broke up. And now, one of my daily struggles, like what Christina was saying, is fighting for contentment to not want need a man in my life, right? Another thing, um, I'm in full-time ministry at North River, and it's amazing, it's like pulling my dream, but my parents, who are not disciples yet, amen, um, they're super not for me doing any of this. Yeah. Like, my grandpa calls me on a weekly basis and tells me to change my career. Like, that's where we're at, it's spread it into like the extended family kind of level. You know what I'm saying? And so... I think it's going to get rocky. We're going to have trials, right? My twin, who is like my heart, there's no one in the world I want to become a disciple more than this girl, right? I know you guys have your people like that. <laughs> she literally tells me before this retreat, hey, Lizzie, I was going to come, but I don't think I'll get anything out of it, so I'm not going to come. Like, I don't want to be around, like, this whole thing. After she'd already committed to coming, basically. So it's just like letdown after letdown after letdown. And this is what really matters if you kick in or you don't when it gets rocky, right? Um, and I actually, I love asking a question to myself, but also to girls when they're struggling. is like, okay, if your relationship with God is a dresser, is he the top drawer, the middle drawer, or the bottom drawer? What do you guys think? Exactly, you're like, you're trying to trick us. Um, <laughs> you know, <and> then, <laughs> thank you so much, Joy. Yeah, it's like, that is so true. And I think the hard part is when they're like, oh, God's my top priority. <laughs> but actually, he's this priority, which is equal to this priority, which is equal to this priority. And I don't think that God is our dresser that we put everything into. I think God is just a drawer. And that kind of helps me individualize, like, God has to be the center of everything we do. Like, I love how even Alyssa was saying, like, what are all these areas in your life? Like, is God actually the center of those things? Or is he just, like, kind of a symptom of those things? You know, does he actually just come out? Um, and the question that really it comes down to is, are you willing to be in the trenches with God? Like, are you willing to wrestle with God? Like, think about that for a second. Think about the trenches. Like, in the middle of a war. Are you willing to do that with God? And if you're not, we're going to try to help you get there. I mean, kind of even fighting. The trenches for me right now, it looks like I'm in two of my best friends' weddings this summer. Super excited, super amazing. But they're two of my best friends that I was supposed to be engaged with right now, you know? And then it's like being in the ministry, you kind of know who's pursuing who, who's doing what, who's about to do who. And so it's kind of like every day I'm flooded with all of these messages of like, Lizzie, nobody wants you. Like, nobody's going to want to date you. Nobody, like, you're not even going to love anyone again. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so I think, sorry, if we're fighting in the trenches, guys, like, we have to give our hearts to God. Like, if you're not giving your heart, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. Like, we're trying to get to God because we're trying to get to heaven, you know? And so... I think walking with God, like, we have got to take this seriously. Yeah. And if that doesn't scare you, then the idea that Satan wants to walk closely with you should scare you. And if that doesn't scare you, then I don't know what you're doing here. Because that's terrifying that Satan knows us and he wants to destroy us. Like, that's his purpose. And he wants to walk closely with you. Like, to me, that's disgusting. Yeah. You know, that's, like, so disturbing. Um, and so I want to ask you guys, what are your scriptures that you cling to when you're having a hard time, like, emotionally connecting to God? Like, what are they? What are the scriptures and the promises of God that you hold to to keep fighting for intimacy? 
when you wake up and you just feel the test yesterday and your mom called you and told you that your parents are getting divorced, like, what are the promises of God that you go to in that moment? Like, when your car breaks down, it's obviously all the time, broken up, you know, it's just driving. Like, what, when you get outside and your tires is flat and you're late to everything and your hair's a mess, like, hello, like, what scriptures are you going to, though, so that you don't fall apart? Like, it can be big things or little things, you know? Um, and I encourage you, if you didn't think of, like, three to five scriptures right now, you need to find some. Like, we are away at this retreat. Find some scriptures that are going to help you to stay close to God. Because it's not, it's not about fighting for consistency, necessarily. It's about fighting for intimacy. Yeah. Like, how deeply are you walking with God? Does God actually know your heart, or does he just know what you do? Do you pray about just your schedule and your friendships, or do you actually get to deeper levels about your fears and your insecurities? And the things that you're too scared to tell anyone, are you telling those things to God, you know? Um, and so, my last point is, what's our next step? Um, and it's been so helpful for me, actually. It's Ephesians 5, um, verse 15 to 20. And for time's sake, we won't read it all, but I'm just going to read the first part. Um, I think we use the scripture in a lot of different ways, so I'll read it. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I think we use this scripture a lot, and we're like, you know, like, make the most of every opportunity, whatever that means, you know. But I think when I read this, I'm like, live as wise, you know, making the most of every opportunity. The days are evil. Like, guys, are you excited to go to heaven? Yeah. Like, why do you want to be in heaven? Is it just to escape hell? Is it just to escape, like, all the scary things we grew up learning about, maybe? Or are you excited? Like, I have been separated from God and so ready to be in his presence in heaven, right? And the cool thing, um, there's actually this guy named John Mark Comer. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him. He does this whole series, and it's called Practicing the Way. And it's really amazing because he basically talks about how Jesus walked with God and how we can walk with God, too. And so John Mark Comer, if you want to look up some of his videos, he's like an excellent guy. And um, something that I love is he said, like, we have to start thinking the mindset that we're doing something in the presence of God, right? So it's a Monday night. I'm doing laundry in the presence of God, you know? Like, it's Tuesday. I'm cooking, like, what do I, chicken, I guess, <laughs> in the presence of God. Like, I'm at a coffee shop in the presence of God. Like, I'm talking to the sister that I have a hard time loving presence of God. Like, I'm driving to campus in the presence of God, and that is how you walk with God, is you realize that you may have closed the Bible, but he hasn't closed watching on you. Like, God is with you during the day, and I think we just have to be mindful of that, and we'll really see God move. Um, And so I love it. It's like, you're doing your hair, you're riding your car, you're filling up your gas tank, like, whatever you're doing, try this week to just think, wait, presence of God right now. Like, it doesn't have to be in front of your notebook, right? It's like, you could be anywhere, and that's like the beauty about God, right? Is he allows us to treat him like that. Um, and I think we have to realize you can't put God in a box, you know? Like, are you limiting the power of God because you don't see how big he is in your life? And if you don't, I really, really want to encourage you to start reading through the Psalms. And I love this kind of point on David. Like, David's your life is incredible. If you haven't learned to pray through the Psalms, guys, that stuff gets me through some days. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, my emotions not connecting. Then I read a Psalm and I'm like, it's so much better. Like, how did that happen? It's almost like magic. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but I do want to take a second because if we don't talk about Jesus, then I don't know what we're doing. Um, so let's just take a second to consider some ways that Jesus walked with God. Okay, so when's the last time, I'm going to list out a few scriptures, we don't really have to write them down. I just want you guys to think. When's the last time you hiked a mountain and were alone with God or prayed through the night? That comes from Luke 6, 12 and Matthew 14, 23. When's the last time you woke up to talk to God before the sun rose? That's Mark 1, 35. When's the last time you fasted for more than a day or two? Oh, sorry. 
You prayed and gave thanks continuously to God. Jesus does that in Matthew 11, verse 25, and in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Talks about rejoicing always, praying continually, right? Giving thanks in all circumstances. Right. Um, when's the last time you took time away to just be alone in silence with God? That one's really hard for me. That comes from Luke 5, 16. When's the last time you just sat and listened to God? Just sat and listened. Mark 6, 31-32. Um, these are just a few ways that Jesus walked with God. And I think if you're going to look at anyone, you should study out Jesus' walk with God. Right? Like, what dependence. But also, the Gospels give us so much detail where I feel like I don't even have to write a lesson about this. Like, you can just go read the Gospels focusing on how did Jesus connect with God. And you see that he does these things often. Like, it's a, he's walking with God, and other things happen. It's not all these things are happening, and God's somewhere there, right? Right. It's like, he's focused on walking with God, and that's his center. And that's what, that's what makes him powerful, right? That's what helps him. He's always like, no, no, no. I just say what God tells me to say. That's all I say, you know? Or like, no, no, no. I go to this mountain because I'm overwhelmed because my cousin just got beheaded. Yeah, I'm going to go pray to God, right? This is Jesus' mindset. He's going to who do I run to? Why would I run to anyone else but God, right? And I think I have a long way to get there, you know? And so, hopefully this time has inspired you guys. I'm just going to end with a few practicals, some things that I tried. Because I do think if all else fails, trying to just switch up our walks with God is like when your friendship's kind of in a rut and you're trying to just switch it up, you know? So some things I've tried to make my walk with God, something I love and I look forward to and I love doing and I wish I had more time to do, um, the first one is go and find a new place with God, right? This idea of being in the presence of God wherever you go. Find new places. Is it your coffee shop by your church? The park with the trail, the mountain, the lake? Is it like you go to a certain building that you love the architecture? You sit in the library? Like, what is it? Go find a new place with God. Um, actually, one of my friends in Texas, she helps the ministry there. She started doing this thing called Prayer Power Hour, and it's something that I've been trying to do recently, where you pray for an hour every morning for a month. And it's like this prayer challenge. And so even if it's praying for 15 minutes every day, even if it's you take an hour and you split it up during the day, whatever, guys, I think we need to challenge ourselves if we want to grow in this area. Because without challenging yourself, you're not going to grow. Like, you can't, you can't. I don't know, you can't ride a bike if someone doesn't actually challenge you to get on the bike, you know? And so, I think in the same way, you're not going to grow in your prayer life if you're not challenging yourself to pray and push yourself in your prayer, right? Um, one of my favorite things to do, actually, I'm a thrifter, and so I love thrifting. Got some thrifters in here. Um, and so, I love going to a thrift store where they have spiritual books. There's one in Kennesaw called Second and Charles. It's like my favorite place. You literally can find a spiritual book within like two minutes. It's amazing. Like find a thrift bookstore in your area. Go pick out a spiritual book and read it. You know, spend your time with God maybe in the store. I know with Second Charles, there's like a Starbucks connected to it, which is genius. So I'll just go find a book, pay two dollars for it, sit next door and have some time with God, and it really helps me to switch things up. One thing that I've been doing with all this contentment, boy, blah 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 stuff, is like I made a dating Jesus playlist. And so I recommend it even if you are dating, engaged, married, wherever you're at, um, not wanting anything to do with boys, you got the whole spectrum. Um, a dating Jesus playlist. And it's not worship music, it's music that helps remind me how much God loves me. So it's like songs that are like romantic songs that I can think about when I think about God. Um, and it really helps me to emotionally connect and I can just listen to some songs. There's actually one song that's called Hold My Girl, if you guys have ever heard that song. It's by George something. Yep, amazing. And it's called Hold My Girl. It like will put you in tears. Like, go listen to that song tonight. Find someone in service, you know? Um, okay, two more practicals. Um, create a bucket list with God. Like, do you have a bucket list with any of your best friends? You should have a bucket list with God. Like, what do, what do me and God want to do? You know, it's like... What do you, like, I don't know, climb this mountain, go swim in this lake, stay up and pray at 1.30 in the morning. Or, let me go find this restaurant and have some coffee with God. Like, whatever, guys, be creative. You guys are probably way more creative than I am. Like, get a bucket list with 
wrestling with God and my prayers and I'm like screaming at God in my car. And so I hope you, I know people see me on the outside and like that girl. <laughs> you know, but, um, but like sing to God, scream at God. Like God can take it, you know. God can take the heavy when we can't take it. And I think we just have to start by obviously knowing who we're walking with. And then we have to realize the road's going to get rocky before we can take the next step. And so we love you guys. It's time for lunch in like 10 minutes, but we're probably going to close out with a prayer. Yeah. You want to do Okay. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah.